Welcome to the Artist Work Ethic Podcast. I'm Mike Pilak. I'm an actor, screenwriter, and filmmaker who's always looking to maximize my time and potential as I work to break in. In this podcast, I talk to artists of all kinds who have seen success in their fields about their process, habits, and work ethic. Today on the show is Mike Watt. Mike is a legendary bassist who, in addition to his solo work, has played bass in The Minutemen, Firehose, and The Stooges. He's collaborated with a who's who of the rock world, including Dave Grohl, Eddie Vedder, Black Flag, Sonic Youth, Mike D, and so many more. For this episode, we went a little bit off of the typical format, and I want to hear about Mike's new project called The Spirit of Hamlet, which is a really cool collaboration that, as he talks about, was done entirely, basically, uh, on, you know, not in person. And it was really interesting to hear how this has come together. A couple quick things before we jump into the episode. I've talked in the past about myself working on breaking into screenwriting. Please check out blackoilfilms.com screenwriting. There you can check out some of the screenplays I've written. I have the first 10 pages of each one uploaded, but feel free to email me at theartistsworkethicpodcast at gmail.com and I'd be happy to send you a full script if you're interested in reading. Last thing before we get into the episode, I would love anyone listening to subscribe, rate, and review the Artist's Work Ethic podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us put the show out there for more people to listen to. Yeah, this project came about of a couple things, really, not just situation. But... What I was beginning to say was I actually started this about 10, 15 years ago, way before the situation. So it's not really born out of that. The other th- factor was, well, from Pedro show, I've had now 21 years, nine months. Because Scotty Irvin, the drummer man, was a guest on my show. But but the, everything is connected, all right? So because of the situation... Now, usually, since going way back, starting to show off from Pedro's show, once a week, except when I'm tour, you know. Come the situation, for 14 months, I did five shows a week. So I had almost 300 guests in a year, a little over a year. And Scotty Irvin was one of them, drummer man from North Carolina. And we got done spieling, playing quartet, right? That's his man alone uh, we played a bunch of that music, and I was like kind of lit by it. Also, his persona and shit. And I said, "Well, well Scotty, why don't you stop fucking?" You know, I've been doing this for a while. Cats send me stuff, and then you know I react with some bass, and we put together an album. In fact, I made several albums before this time with cats I've never even met, still haven't met. I think it's kind of like a, the pocket knife. You know, it's really the art in the pocket knife. Or what's going to get carved with the knife? And the same thing with the internet. Yeah, you can spread lies and hate, but you could also collab with cats. <laughs> it's opened up so many doors for people that weren't necessarily yeah. there before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you used to, used to have to be in the same room with the dudes, right? Well, I, actually, we ain't there yet, though. I got to tell you, Mike, the grail to me will be when we can actually jam in real time. Yeah. There's still too much fucking latency. So we have to trade files you know and stuff and there's something about that 
Think about it. No pressure. You get to it when you do. You make give it another try, another try. You know, like anything human, there's pluses and minuses. You know, so. But anyway, what I did, because at the same time, you know, I had all these. The way I get guests on my fucking show is dudes talk to other dudes. So it's yep. like the old days of punk, you know, the movement. It, it, it spreads because of people. People know people. <laughs> so, you know, people ask me, what were the old days like? Well, it was about people. I think the new days are about people too. So, yeah, and, and the, the kind of people that were recommending guest spots on what Pedro show shit, a lot of them were into this fucking free music shit, right? Something, I've always had some thing involved but not much a lot of shit you know you get you practice right you get things yeah. together and you bring it to people and kind of like vaudeville so but this is different kind of vaudeville you're still working the room but you, you're making it up as you go along like uh jack wright he's an older sax man he wrote a book called the free music and he was one of the guests on and he's, you jump away from the pole you know or something shit like that you know it's another way of doing music there's billions of ways i've found out about music that's why i have these guests because i want to show the other listeners see that's their way you know you can have your way so anyway what i try to do because of this this free uh being around all these free music kind of cats i pretended scotty was right there in the room with me so when i first heard it i played whatever came to my mind like I had to, we were in front of people, right? We're yep. In the room. And that became the two. So I give him the bass. He sends it on to his buddy. Well, I, I, I know him a little bit because I know of his band, Acid Mother Temple, and respected great cat. And it seems like a lot of their shit is improvised too. So I was like way into it. So he gives it to him. So Makota brings guitar, and then Scotty, I guess he, he records stuff at his pad, but he also has a buddy named Benji who's got a studio called Earth Tones. So s somehow Benji gets involved, uh, maybe to mix it or shit. Maybe Scotty asked him, but what? But he, he, when he hears it, he wants to jump off and get with guitar singing. He even gets his boy to play on one song, right? I get to meet Ben. He's the only one I've really got to meet because Benji goes on a tour a few months ago out west because he's North Carolina too. I think they're around Greensboro. Okay. They're on the west with like Eugene Chambord. Not too far from Hamlet. Do you know the name of the the prize, right? Hamlet, North Carolina is where John Coltrane was born. Now he uh, moved okay. to High Point pretty quick. In fact, Scotty said he grew up not far from High Point. It's a little town. And his daddy died, so he moved to High Point, and then when he graduated high school, Philadelphia, and that's where we know this John after he joins the Navy, and that's the John Coltrane we know. But his beginnings is actually North Carolina. A, lo a lot of jazz cats, Dizzy Gillespie, Thelonious Monk, there's a lot of cats coming out of North Carolina, and then a lot of cats out of Philly. And then a lot of recorded in fucking New Jersey, Rudy Van Gelder. In fact, the first studio is his fucking parents' living room. Second studio is his own like studio. Yeah, can you imagine your folks letting you record dudes in the living room? Yeah, so Hackensack, right? This oh, yeah, sure. Okay, this is all all that shit. Uh, Rudy Van Gelder, if you ever see him in there, that's all Hackensack. I think even the second studio was there, too. It's weird how local things were important, you know, in those days. 
sort of like Debu, Georgie, and me all being Pedro, but none of us are really from Pedro. You know? <laughs> like Sly Stone said, hey, no, it's not where you're from, it's where you're at. So anyway, Benji gets on board. So we we we, we slaughtered this thing, you know, coming from right. The, I, and this is another thing, having the drums come fucking first. This guy, this idea, I mean, bass players had to suffer with this too. I mean, the, I think the movement helped change a lot of that. But also seeing bands in clubs, you can imagine arena rock. And yeah, you couldn't hear the butt bass and drums anyway in their way in the back in the shadows or whatever. But this idea where the songs actually start from a drummer, why can't, you know, it's an instrument. Singing's an instrument. You know, this. anyway, I love that idea. But then the idea of Benji being the guitar and then him even bringing words to half of them because we only vision this thing as an instrumental record. But it was like the tail wagged the dog, according to the old uh, stereotypes and cliches. Yeah. To me, everything goes, you know, which is one of the good things about coming from the movement, because I mean, if you're not into the slogan thing and you really believe, you know, anarchy, there's no coercion. The only thing you got to decide who goes first. <laughs> That's it. It's not what kind of guy goes first. It's like who in the in the in the dealio gets to go, and then the rest of the cats take turns. So no coercion, right? Emma Emma Goldman. True sense. So we're we're actually living some of the uh credo basic tenets of the movement, which is great because, you know, a lot of movements, they got their steam at the beginning and then they get, I don't know, obsoleted by the way humans go, which is usually into some herd mentality and they ruin all that. But some ways of the, of the movement keep fresh, I think, and, and, and some of this improvisation thing keeps some of that spirit going. I can imagine them throbbing gristle records. I doubt if those guys really scored all that out i bet you there was a lot of improvisation going and those were in the 70s right funded by uh pink floyd album artwork i found out hypnosis that company yeah they actually went into industrial records which put out them throbbing gristle first annual report second annual. it's it's weird duplicit how humans are but this is how the the the, the, the project gets realized it's us some intentions, because I'm not going to say it's total coincidence, but there is a lot of coincidence involved, but there's a lot of intentional stuff. And then there's a lot of this stuff letting the freak flag fly. So yeah. to me, very interesting uh, uh, project. I'm very honored to be part of it. What do you think is uh, that that thing inside you that that has you just keep moving from project to project and, and have such, you know, output over the years that, you know, you're always working on something? Enabler is the bass. I can't thank D Boone's Ma enough for putting me. I didn't even fucking know what it was. Right? We're 12. You're going to have a band. And your band's got a bass, so you're going to be that. And I was like, what the fuck? 14 years old, we see our first gig. T Rex. You couldn't hear the bass. Mark Boland's is tall. <laughs> and this is why I think now the movement definitely was anti arena rock. It wasn't kind of a sound. I. You know, I did 125 uh, months helping the Stooges, and there was a garage band scene. There was little labels. It just went away in the early 70s for arena rock. So part of it is that machine, the bass, because you kind of steal material, mysterious. They don't know your role, so you're free to invent yourself. And then somehow you glue the drum together with everybody else. So that seems there's always going to be a need for that, except the fuckers don't play without I guess there's more room in the van, but 
I'm always thinking of that poor lonely kick drum. But the other thing is, I got to tell you, Mike, it's other musicians. Yeah. Understand, I didn't get into music for music. I got it to be my friend. <laughs> I love yeah. B-Boom, you know. I tried to take a music class in seventh grade, Mr. Luna, after 10 weeks. Mr. Watt, you try hard, but you should stop wasting your time, my time. And he looked at the class, our time. <laughs> I was like, ah. So I never, but thank God for D-Boom, because that's how we hung out. Big, well, one of the ways, but a big way. So when I lost him, and I still stayed in music, and in other ways, that's how I feel real connects with people. Now, it's not the same kind of dude falling out of a tree on you, and you know, <laughs> but 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 it's it's something that's authentic. It's authentic, it's a connect. It's like a flannel with all the different kinds of threads, you know, and you never do any of those threads, but man, maybe this combination is gonna be interesting. Maybe you won't even know until the walk into a club with a black light and the, the white lights up and all that shit but but that's what it is so it's it's the potential it's opportunity so you know what i mean so uh, kind of a hankering and shit and, it, and it's on that vibe it's not about technique it's not about the most notes the you know most theory biggest concept no it's it's just about a way of sharing humanity on this artistic level we call music I mean, it's arts, period. You know, my best friend, Raymond Pettibone, he's visual. I've done music things with him, continue project called Socktite, stuff like that. But I've chosen this one because I, you know, got in. Thank you, D. Boone, D. Boone's ma. When I meet and then the radio show, you know, having people on the Watt from Pedro show, they're there and I'm hearing and I'm engaged. And, and music isn't like happy days. I'm not searching for Potsy and Fonzie. I'm searching for like Tamara's cat, you know, or some guy from the older days. But I ain't heard yet. They, I ain't tried those riffs and, or those rhythms or those textures or, or any of that stuff. So you understand, it's just I got, I got a disease of, of curiosity about it. There's always something new to find in, in, in the arts, whether it's right. film, music, the visual art. There's always a, a new story to tell. Idea with, uh, I mean, within music, there's this genre thing that I hate. But even between the arts, there's genre thing that I hate. They're all sure. gulag. They're all Berlin walls. You got to get rid of those. It's all expression. It's just different forms. And I think you know exactly where I'm talking by, by your answer there. You're, you know where I'm, where I'm coming from. Yeah, for sure. I mean... How how would you say we we both have punk rock backgrounds? How do you think that DIY mentality has has informed you know the way you work today? Yeah, really important, and I think it goes way back to Walt Whitman, eighteen fifty five, first edition of Leaves of Grass. He's going to put out twelve poems himself. He thinks he's going to stop the fucking civil war. Like the dudes are going to read this shit at work, uh, you know, on the farm or in the factory. Yeah. Fuck it. We don't have to fight. I mean, okay. That's long time ago. Why isn't that conserved? Why isn't that a conserve ethic worth conserving? Well, it happened in our movement because we had to, we were marginalized. The so-called rock and rollers, Actually, people lost touch with Little Richard and all the, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis and all the original guys because they want their wannabe arena rock guys. They want to run Nuremberg rallies. So you got to, you know, get into bed with corporations. No, no, no. 
we want to make music. It's whatever it takes. So, yeah, we Jeremy Conaway in a slogan, man. It's the way of life. Where, where we think the expression is much more important than what people have said you need with the dollar sign in front of it to get what you have in your heart out. And like-minded individuals that you run into. Whoa. It happens, right? Absolutely. You've got a posse. you got a crew. you got a fucking, you know what I mean? you got to get the boat rolling. And it's a trip how that fucking happens. Because you can get to find a lot about this human race to get depressed upon. But that shit, just the opposite. Whoa. I remember Richard Hell had this song, Can't Keep My Eyes On You. You know, he goes, now I'll do nothing wrong. I want to live real long. When you get bit by, you know, and especially if you got crew, you got posse, it, it's, 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 it's incredible. It's, it's really incredible. And uh, even just one other guy. Yep. In my life, the movement was just waiting for us. That's trippy about that when I think back on it. But I really think it was an anti-arena rock. Because how many bands, think about it, Mike, how many bands started at an arena rock show? And how many bands started at a club show? Well, you could yeah. talk. You could see Lorna Doom's got the bass. You know, the first two years I played a bass with a guitar with four strings. I didn't know they were bigger because they're so far away. Now, I could see Lorna, you know, whoa, yeah. That's why there's only four. Look how fucking big they are. And then, you know, they get done playing. The guy that was standing next to him, now it's his turn up there. And there's Pat. I can talk to Pat. I mean, that didn't happen at a So how can you not, unless you're a jaded motherfucker, be swept up and caught up in that shit? And that's what happened to us. It just, we got into it, man. Now, we didn't think the idea was to make a whole bunch of rubber stamp Xerox cookie cutter clone bands. You know, the, the movement was not a Xerox machine. No, it's a springboard. It's a launch pad. It's to get it going. Like when I asked Scotty, can you bring me some drums? And here comes the eight tunes. I didn't ask him to change shit. I played to what he gave me. Kodo didn't ask us to change shit. He, didn't, he, he says, look, I'm an old man on a mountain. That's what I remember what he wrote in the email. I'm an old man on a mountain. You're the man for the job. <laughs> and, and then Benji just jumps on it, you know, and, and trip like, float. And uh, he said it was about a, a, a skater. He's imagining himself as a young man, maybe his son. I never had kids, you know. That's a, a trippy thing to join in with your boy with music, with these guys who brought it. I mean, obviously, he runs a studio, so he has cats come in all the time yeah. that him to capture the thing, right? But then he gets turned on by the expression itself, and he wants to join the choir. I, lo I love that we're going to get all this new music over the next couple of years in these different, you know, the where everyone is in different locations in the world. And, and musicians that could never have come together before are going to come together now. And, and just the possibilities are, are almost endless at this point. Like I said, a little down the road in real time. But yeah. right now, at least we can trade the files and we can, yeah, like you say, overcome all this physical photography. Yeah. And so we're no excuse to keep out of the realm of the imagination. He and Boone would have had to fly and Georgie fly to somebody, you know, and get in that room with them. Or maybe fly tapes. Maybe some dudes did that. Yeah. I remember when me and Kay were getting ready. Here's one like pre-internet 
way of doing that shit. After uh, Kay gra- graduate UCLA, she leaves Black Flag. She gets a degree in mechanical engineering, but she gets an internship in Yale. So we had just started this two-bass band called Dose. And the way we put it together is we get, both get the same kind of four-track, and we send cassettes in the mail. So actually, I was on this shit even before <laughs> internet. You know, because me and Kay wanted to do it. Yeah. You know, and it's trippy. If you want something bad enough, you try to find ways. This is the whole idea of DIY. Uh, of, yeah. Of call, all that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's trying to be real pragmatic. But still artistic. But it's the means you're trying to get it out there. You don't look at the old paradigms. In yeah. fact, you look for any paradigm that helped fucking aid and abet the sitch. It's not just any kind of band. It's a, it's kind of a, a thing of this era and stuff like this. But in a way, some traditions go way fucking back. Yeah, absolutely. Or, it's it's uh, Walt Whitman's uh, Leaves of Grass, you know? This yeah. guy made a poem out of his body. That's what Joe Carducci said. <laughs> That's a great tradition to come from. Yeah, yeah. You know, what it's is just, 170 years old almost. It's a, it's a new way of doing something old, I would say. Thanks so much for talking to me, Mike. All right. Thank you, Mike. Take care. Thank you so much for listening today. Please subscribe to the Artist Work Ethic Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please rate and review the show. Follow us on Instagram at The Artist's Work Ethic. And check out theartistsworkethic.com. 